for me, coffee's brewing. Um, while that's happening, just answering a question, whether that's pen to paper or you're just thinking about it, but how do I want to show up today? One word. And you're, then, then you, you prime your mind to look for those things to put you in that state for the day. Yeah. Right. And like we're talking, we're not even talking a minute now, but again, you're starting the day on your terms. That is Mark Champagne, and he's the author of Personal Socrates. He's also the host of Behind the Human podcast. And this is a very practical, very applicable episode that will teach you some skills so that you can ask really good questions to get to more progressive outcomes. So starting your day by asking yourself, how do I want to show up today sets the tone for you. How do you want to attack the day depending on what's on your schedule? In this podcast, we dive very deeply into the process of asking yourself illuminating questions. Some of these key questions that will reveal yourself to you and the importance of giving yourself just a little bit of a break during the day just to be. You know, we bounce around a lot of us virtually from meeting to meeting to meeting to meeting to meeting all day long. We never give ourselves a chance to like go for a walk outside or um, sit and read a book just in to break up the day a little bit, just to, to keep your brain sharp. And Mark, in, with his work as a mental fitness strategist, working with big companies and individuals and, and hosting workshops, teaching people how to just keep it together, <laughs> keep your mental fitness dialed in because you are your greatest asset. That brain in between your ears is going to make you into the person that you want to be, or it's going to psych you out and bum you out and take you down a path that you don't want to go. So in this episode, we give some very, very cool, very practical advice on how you can be better by asking really great questions. And the book I really love, uh, I'm actually looking at it right now, and it's taken a bunch of interviews from leading thinkers, Ryan Holiday, Pablo Picasso, um, Rosa Parks, James Clear, just incredible people that ask really great questions. And uh, you can do it now too for yourself. So go ahead and check out the book. Uh, you can always find me on Instagram at real Sean McCormick. Um, send me a DM, a DM, say what's up. I love uh, I love hearing from listeners from Estonia and Australia and Ireland and the UK and Ghana and Uruguay. Thank you for tuning into this podcast. Thank you for listening to this episode. And thank you for putting your valuable time into expanding your brain with my help. I love doing this work. Uh, so, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, I bring you Mark Champagne. Welcome, everyone, to the Optimal Performance Podcast. My name is Sean McCormick. I'm a life coach, performance coach, wellness entrepreneur, and it's my pleasure to bring to you every single week the world's leaders in the field of performance so that you can live your life at its most optimal level, plus cutting edge ideas so that you can stay ahead of the curve in an ever-changing world. Let's dig right in. And we're here with Mark Champagne. He's an author and a mental fitness strategist. Mark, welcome to the Optimal Performance Podcast. My man, it's great to be here. Thank you so much. Let's just start with some terms. What in the hell is a mental fitness strategist? Well, I was asking myself that same question when, <laughs> when I wrote it down on the website, essentially, because <laughs> there's a bit of a backstory. I mean, for the for the longest time, I felt like I was living or working within kind of two worlds. There was this idea of mental fitness, which you know, essentially is the umbrella for me, at least that, that everything is underneath like mental health, mental resilience, training, mental performance, really, really anything that you're doing to train your mind. So for me, that was one bucket, but then there's this whole other avenue of at least my life and, and the type of work I was doing that was centered around strategy and seeing, you know, there's obviously on the, on the, on the business side, seeing how all these different products or services will link together back when I was in, I was in the corporate world. But then there's also just our lives and how everything that we're doing, whether that's, you know, mental, physical or spiritual, like how do all those things interject or how do they weave together? Right. And for me, when, when working with people or companies and whatnot, the, and, and the backbone of the book as well, 
the idea is how do you bring all of this stuff together in our complex lives and make it simple enough through mental fitness, through that framework and through questions and whatnot, so that's something that we can actually do on a consistent basis. So that's where, if I, this is, the, the, the terminology is new, but I, I love that mm-hmm. at least gives me something to talk about, uh, is the combination of those two worlds and mm. the power that, that that brings. I think it's important, right? Because they're, with the increasing number of people who are actually working from home and their entire experience of how they make their money has shifted in the last year and a half. Everybody's scrambling for like, shit, what does balance mean? What does it look like? How I make my money at home is just different than how I made it before. I don't know how to balance this stuff. How, how in the hell do I get through the day without wanting to like throw the laptop across the room and storm out? And so I think it's really important that the combination of, of how you work and how you live. So maybe walk us through a little bit more about um, how you think of, do you like the word work-life balance? Do you think that that's possible for people who want to do cool things? I, let, let's dive a little bit deeper down the rabbit hole of this, this yeah. merging now of being at home and, and, and working. Well, I think there's a couple things going on. I mean, and I mean, I feel I'm also feeling this myself, but there's just been so much uncertainty, right? In the last couple of years from health and rules and regulations. And like you said, the changing work environment that, I mean, we're just maxed out with thought. (laughs) And there was already a problem with that before a pandemic. I mean, people were already kind of burnt out in, in, many different ways right now you layer on a situation that you know at least on the outside provides a lot of uncertainty there's ways obviously to to to, to focus on what we can control and, and help relieve some of that mental pressure but you know that's our environment right so then you then you layer in well all of a sudden you're working from home and it seems like we're you know there's a lot of organizations that are sticking with that plan some people love it some people hate it some people don't know if they like it or hate it right that's the other thing. And you layer all that in, all of a sudden your personal and work life essentially physically, you know, overlap, which is a whole other, I mean, it makes it even harder to, 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 to disconnect those two worlds, right? So, you know, I think it's like anything. I mean, if we can slow down enough and pause, even for 10 minutes in the morning or even before if you're working out of your house and you're in a spare room or you have a dedicated space before you turn around and get off the chair to, to enter into the personal world, if, you can, if, if, there, if there's 10 minutes that you can take to just write out, you know, like, how was the day? You know, what can I celebrate today? Or what did I learn today? You know, how am I feeling right now? Where am I feeling that in my body? So you can leave that stuff behind and not drag it into whatever you're about to do next with your family, your friends, or, or even if it's just you. I mean, it's, it's, it's good to have a healthy break from, you know, just pulling everything through. So, I mean, I mean, that's one way that I've noticed. How, and you can do that in the morning as well and start your day like that. But I, I remember that there was someone that had left me with a, with a practice like that, kind of that, that transition moment. And, and this was a guy out of Montreal, Canada, who was running a, a successful uh, or a busy um, marketing agency, essentially. And he used to do that when his hand would hit the doorknob of his house before physically walking in. And I mean, like you're talking microseconds here, but just, just mentally transitioning from one world to the next I mean, has so much, so much benefit and power to not let you loop into the day. Like I, I, you know, I still need to do this. I should have done that. Like you're, it just allows you to be more present. Right. So, I mean, I'm probably not directly answering your question. You know, are those two worlds together or separate? I mean, I think it depends. I mean, yeah, it does. For me, for me, it's, it's kind of, it's mixed, but I mean, I look at those those two worlds as being in their own kind of seasons, if you will. And, you know, there might be, uh, a, you know, a more aggressive work season for the next two or three weeks. I mean, I just launched a book, so that was definitely one of those examples um, where the podcast and, and the PR and stuff like that was, you know, that just wasn't my regular day. And that was bleeding into the evening, which, which is usually, you know, time with my wife and five-year-old. Um, but I knew that, like... I was present and knew that that was happening and knew that 
that wasn't something that was going to be become the norm. Mm. Then it would have been a problem, at least for me. So it's I don't know. I think it's like a balance that you have to first figure out what you, what what you want. Yeah. Number one, what you want in life, and and who are you now? Who do you want to become? And then you can start seeing. Okay, well, like what's what's surrounding that person, work personally and professionally. Yeah, yeah. I like the way I like I like the way you're approaching that. One thing that you've, you, we've already started to get into is the question asking, right? You know, yeah. <laughs> what, what do I want for my day? How was my day? Who do I want to be as a way to sort of define your life, to define and, and reveal answers that you don't normally get on a day-to-day. You just get into the flow. You do your job. You be the parent. You, you cook the dinner. You do the thing. You go to bed. But, but without asking questions then you don't really know where you stand at any given time. So I want to dive into it. And and we're going to talk about personal Socrates because I was so surprised and delighted by it. So good. (laughs) So good. (laughs) So maybe, maybe explain to everyone listening the importance of asking really good questions. Well, I mean, the thing with questions is that we are asking them pretty frequently, but we're not really giving much thought to those questions. There were kind of, I think you alluded to, we're almost like on autopilot of life, right? Uh, Unless we hit big moments where we're like, okay, you know, where do I want to live or where do I want to work? Who do I want to be with? But I mean, those, those aren't frequent moments, for example. So then all the rest of the time, is spent just kind of flowing through life, right? On almost on an automatic track or on a treadmill, if you will. And what happens with that is that all of a sudden then as things come up, you know, emotions start to spark or situations arise, we don't really process that stuff. Or it's hard for it. Like we just keep kind of packing it in our minds. Like there's a physical example I like to use just because people can, can see this, but... It's like when you, you know, have a cluttered room of some sort, or if you open up uh, a room, or let's even say a storage locker that's like jammed floor to ceiling with stuff. I mean, you know that the thing that you're looking for is in there somewhere. You'll eventually, <laughs> right? You'll eventually get to it. It may not be a very pleasurable experience, and oftentimes it isn't. Or you know, like you can look at, you know, our minds as, as like a well-organized library, for example. All the knowledge is in there. And if it's organized and if we've got clear pathways to access information, then mm. all of a sudden those big life questions become very clear because you can feel it. Oh, yeah, that, yeah, yeah, that's the decision I need to make. And even, even on a smaller scale, just day-to-day with our, our work, right? Like if you're a brand strategist or something like that and you're putting together strategies for products – I mean, you have all these inputs, you have all this data, all this information. And I mean, there's a million different paths that you can go down. But if you start to get clear, slow down and ask questions like, well, okay, well, what feels right? Or what other information do I need? Right. And try to like blow out all the distraction or the or the information that's not really providing that value. And and if you're personally dialed in as well and you don't have relationships that are, you know, pulling you away or making you think about other things, then all of a sudden those, you know, those those directives become really clear. Hmm. And that's what that's what powerful questions can do on, you know, especially if you start your days like that. Right. First, first starting off with questions that are progressive, that help you get clear. You know, we, we touched on it a little bit before, but I mean. Sounds like a big question, but if you break it down and, and just you know slowly be kind to yourself, because you're not going to. James Clear says this, uh, the author of Atomic Habits, like you're not going to nail your identity in one go, type mm. thing. So just remember that and be kind to yourself. But you know, just ask a question like, "Who am I? You know, who am I right now? Like, what makes up the person I am right now? The characteristics, what feels right? How would my friends and family describe who I am?" and who am I striving to become? Because we're typically, you know, we're t- typically t- trying to evolve and be better and things like that. But like, who is that person? Because then, you know, that's essentially at the core of everything we're trying to do. Then all of a sudden our work and the people we're around and the things that we do, the habits we have or don't have, the our calendars or where we're putting or directing our energy, 
that stuff is either fueling that person that we're striving to be or pushing us farther away. Hmm. Right. But we don't, the, you know, to circle back to that autopilot, often we don't even know who that person is, yeah. you know, and, and who we're trying to be. And then for sure, we don't know that, oh, well, if we're not taking a moment to look at our calendar and what we're doing um, to understand if, if, if we're actually supporting that mission or that goal, then we, then we all of a sudden we're climbing the wrong mountain. Hmm. When we get there, it feels like we're doing the right stuff because it's, it's busy. It's hard to climb that mountain. So we're almost tricking ourselves. But for me, like I, I'm kind of rambling a bit, but the thing is, any type of questions that you ask that are progressive, i.e. are making you think in terms of uh, or, or thinking into the future or think about like where you want to be heading, you're always making progress, right? Yeah. And you're, you're, then all of a sudden you have data and you can start to do these micro or these micro course corrections and whatnot and, and just go down that ride. <laughs> as you're asking, as you're talking and, and saying, you know, who, who am I taking just a moment to ask yourself, who am I? I? I think that most people, well, I don't know. I think a lot of people don't have, don't know the power of that because they don't yeah. take the two minutes, <laughs> like literally the two minutes to sit. Yeah. Cause when you asked it, I immediately started to answer the question I said, well, yeah. who am I? Well, shit. Well, who am I? Right. <laughs> As you're talking, I found myself sort of daydreaming off into who am I? Right. I'm a, I'm a father. I'm a podcaster. I'm a coach. I'm a startup founder. Well, I'm also a, a bag of bones and meat, you know, like I'm this, yes. physical, I'm this physical entity, but I think a lot of folks don't even take the time, the two minutes to, to, to begin to answer that question. And it does take just a small investment of your attention so that you can benefit yourself to go down that little, that little thought process, that thought experiment to answer that question. Do yeah. you agree with that? I mean, in your experience? Oh, yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. Because the thing is though, like, and there's no, I mean, I, I, I was in the other camp as well before I really started to, to kind of shift my focus to asking more and more questions. And, and essentially every, every morning training my own curiosity muscles that it just becomes automatic. Right. And it takes time to do that, but it's anyone can, um, and before that, though, I mean, society is not set up to, to, to support that kind of thinking. Society is set up to be productive. Yeah. And if you're taking time to slow down and ask these questions and think, essentially, it's just reflection, um, you're not necessarily rewarded for that, right? It's, it's starting to shift, thankfully. I mean, I have to say I've noticed a shift, but it's still, you know, we still have a long ways to go where we're, Here's a perfect example. You know, if you're in between meetings, for example, I mean, we still default to, okay, well, I'll, I'll bang out some emails. I'll get some of that work done versus, you know, taking a 15 minute walk after lunch to yeah. A, let your body, you know, digest properly and whatnot and hopefully blunt some glucose responses and things like that. But also just clear your mind and get ready for the afternoon. But even when I do that now, and I, I, I do my best to try to do that every day, it's still, there's still, there's still a tendency of like, oh, maybe I'll jam in a podcast there and I can learn. But what, what about just walking in stillness hmm. and just releasing, you know, and just being present to actually walking? I, I, I love what you're saying because I am so guilty of that. And, and it, it is a, it is a beast, you know, I, yeah. I'm constantly bombarding my brain with, podcasts, um, and Instagram scrolling and trying to stay on the cutting edge of what's happening in the world. And I sort of justify it to myself that I'm just, I'm staying in the loop, right? I'm staying present. I'm posting a lot. I'm, I'm, I'm engaging people I'm building community. And that is not the mountain that I want to climb. I want to climb a mountain where I'm building something interesting, right? Where I'm, where I'm yeah. thinking deeply, where I'm providing value in the world rather than just inundating myself with another friggin' Joe Rogan podcast, you know, that it's just like, is this really helpful to me? Like, do I really need this? Do I need this three hours while I'm trying to work and also listen to this thing? And I think yeah. it's a really good reminder, but, but 
really innovative people, it doesn't matter what industry, really innovative people actually prioritize that time because they, it's worked for them. And once it begins to work for, for you, a meditation practice, um, you know, walking meditation, just a break from the noise, once it begins to sh- di- pay dividends a little bit with clarity of thought, more presence, a higher quality of, of output, then you're getting somewhere. And then that's yeah. when those habits change, right? Well, this is you, you, so, I mean, you, you dropped the prompt, the, the, the prompt that was beautiful that, that you shared was, is this really helping me? Right. But you, it, to, in order to answer that truthfully, you have to first understand, well, okay, well, what is, where am I going? Right. Like what you want to be creating, you want to be doing this. I mean, okay. So then now, now we know, well, how do we set up our days to, to really fuel that person or that work? Right. And then it becomes a balance. I mean, we, we, we do, I agree with you. I mean, I think we need to stay on top of certain things, but we way over to index oh, yeah. typically, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I fall, fall victim to that as well. Um, but the, the, the big thing is first getting clear so then then you can be intentional. Then it, then it becomes really interesting because then you can look at the whole day because I'm the same way. I mean, I like, I, you know, I want to be up, up to speed with, with certain technology, certain information, but... I don't want to bring that in first thing in the morning knowing that's what I'm going to be writing because that's going to impact mm. my writing and my writing is coming from my mind, right? So it's just subtle shifts. You know, maybe I'll you know dedicate an hour or something that's intentional to just catch up, read what I need to read at 1 p.m. or something like that. And then I know, oh, I'm not doing that first thing, you know, when I get up, when I'm typically at that time writing content for whether it's the newsletter or the next book or whatever. Right. Yeah. It's that creative time. Yeah. Yeah. The distinction between busy and effective is something that, that plagues many people, you know, like the example that you gave around, you know, I've got, I've got an hour between before my next meeting, I'm just going to go and just check my email and that feels like product productivity. It feels like, oh, I'm you know keeping up. I'm staying ahead of the game, and that may not help you be more effective. <laughs> and and yeah. uh, I think it's an, it's an important it's important distinction. And and it can start with a question: Is this the best use of my time right now? Is yeah. this going to help me create a better output? Um, so I think I think it's really important to again, ask these questions about, well, what do I want to accomplish today? And, I, and I've got a, I've got a tool that I, that I help people with. It's, it's just, it's called the six item to-do list and it helps. You don't go from number one, you don't go from number one to number two until number one is finished. And if yeah. that takes you three days to do, you decided that number one is the most important thing. And so if you're bouncing around doing a bunch of little things poorly, you're not really moving forward. You're just kind of, you're just kind of running around like a, in, on a hamster wheel. Yeah. Yeah. But we need to pause and the, the, whether it's meditation, journaling, breath work, any of these practices, I mean, the key is that they give us that luxury of the pause or they train our minds to be more self-aware that, oh shit, I am bouncing around. I just stop, go back to the list course, like reset, like that can happen in seconds versus blowing another hour or two hours, just jumping around. Right. I mean, like for us as podcasters, we, we can be in analytics all day if we want to be like, oh, this time releasing the episode at this time works better. I mean, we want to know that data, but maybe want to spend 10% of the time there and the other 90% making sure that the episode quality and the people on the show and all of that, that's that's what actually drives a good show, right? Yeah. Then sure, okay, but yeah, we spent you know 30 minutes, oh yeah, I should release on this day and that time. Great. But it's it's typically the reverse. Because the reverse is easier. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It is. It is. It's easy. It's easy to get distracted by the stuff that doesn't matter just because it's shiny and new or interesting. Uh, yeah. But maybe not actually making improvements and, and moving the ball forward. I, I, I want to go back to the concept of climbing the wrong mountain and, because it, and I don't remember where I heard it, but it, it's really resonated with me lately. And so I'd love for you to maybe unpack that idea a little bit and, and make that more accessible uh, for people, if you will. 
Well, I, I wrote about that concept in, in the book uh, under James Clear's profile because he's the one that left that exact wording uh, with me when I had interviewed him. And his whole profile in the book is really centered around that concept and the concept being, like we've been talking about, understanding who we are and then who we're optimizing to become. And with James Clear, when it comes to habits and systems, that's where you know you can step, take a step back and pause and evaluate, okay, well, what habits do I have in check right now? And B, do they, do they support that person or do they support the, the person I'm, I'm trying to become, right? And you can, you can quickly identify if you're, where your time is going, where your energy is being spent, and if those systems are supporting that person or not. Because if they're not, we go back to that concept where can feel like we're busy all day, mm-hmm. but it's not actually the right, like we're on the, we're on the mountain on the other side. Right. And then, then you get to the top or you, you climb and you're like, oh shit, you know, that's not the work that actually lights me up. You know, it, it feels like we made progress and you probably do in, in a certain capacity, but if you can take time to get clear first and also just like be with that journey and be with the work in your life and understand okay, you know, that, that feels more right than what I just did or those people uh, in my life, they're helping me move forward and so forth. It feels good when I'm around them versus the, you know, energy being taken away from us, for example, right? Anything to pause that, that, that autopilot where it just starts to compound and compound and continue till eventually, you know, unfortunately, we, we hit like a health crisis usually, there's a burnout of some mm-hmm. sort or I mean, some early warning signs are just something as simple as, and we've probably all experienced this. I know I have, but like when your shoulders and your neck gets tight, you know, there's, there's something happening there other than if your if your chair is garbage where you're sitting. But I mean, for the most part, usually there's something else. There's other tension mm-hmm. that's just building and building and building, right? That if we don't do anything to process that, then it, the first step becomes, oh, I really need a massage, Right. Which is which is like a quick little band aid solution fix, uh-huh. but then it becomes, I'm burnt out and I can't continue, right? And I mean, there's no there's no surprise. I'm not I'm not at all shocked that we we have we have li- literally a mental health crisis, yeah, uh, going on, especially with now with the with the pandemic, it's just heightened everything, right? Because it's just so much to handle, because we're just we're not taking time to 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 to, to really you know, keep our minds healthy. And there, there are things that we can do. I mean, I'm not a, I'm not a ther, uh, a a psychologist or a psychiatrist, and I'm not saying that, you know, that's the only way to go. I mean, there are so many different things we can do, especially little micro moments throughout the day to just release that pressure and also not, not allow it to compound Hmm. over time. Right. Yeah, which is which is what James Clear, you know, he talks he talks about the opposite effect of compounding habits, you know, and that's the that's the that's the good compound, uh, you know, whether it's compounding interests or compounding uh, mm-hmm. habits, like those are the ones that you want to be compounding, not kind of negative habits or the things right. that are are driving you further further down, and I mean I experienced that myself with questions actually, you know, for me questions are have been a huge lifeline and, and keep me clear and intentional. But at the, at the time when I had to shut down a, a journaling app, which had reached 86.9 million people, I mean, it felt shitty to delete that app. And you know, I, I was can asking, only imagine, right. I was asking questions like how, how could we have failed at such a colossal level? Like what would my family think? What would my ex colleagues think? Those are all the wrong questions to be asking because mm-hmm. they're just driving me down, down, down until eventually I was, I could feel it. I was, I was slipping into a pretty deep depression. Uh, and thankfully I had, you know, other practices and another prompt that pulled me out of that. But, you know, it's, it can happen quick, really quick. Yeah. I, I, I want to hear about the prompt that pulled you out of that. Um, but before, before I get your insights on sure. that. You know, I, I, oh, this is this last weekend. So we're recording this on a Monday and I, uh, I just drank, um, ayahuasca, um, uh, two nights in a row and it was a men's okay. group. And yeah. in this men's group, these guys are doing really deep work, you know, not easy, scary, facing your shadow, facing your demons collectively with a group of 12 men, uh, who also wanted to improve. And what kept happening again and again, is they they came to this realization 
that they say that they want to be present with their family. They say that they want to have the, be in love with their, with their wives. They say that they want to have healthy bodies uh, and, and, and time for stillness, but their behaviors are not tracking for that at all. You know, their, their behaviors are centered around money and thrills and, you know, alcohol. And, and so it's, it's interesting because unless you ask important questions that reveal, uh, what's really going on in your life, if you're honest with yourself, then you just find yourself 10, 15, 20 years down this road detach you're asking questions why might why won't my wife talk to me why do my kids yeah. not like me and it's like well because you haven't been executing on the things that you said were important to you so totally. I, I just i wanted to share that because it tracks really well with what you said about you know which the the, the mountain the mountain that you're climbing and and is your life uh are, are you living your life in in accordance with what you say that you want and i i find that not that many people not that many people are. It's fairly uncommon. Yeah. Well, and there's another question that, that people can ask to help with this one is just, what am I pretending not to know? <laughs> and we mm. often get, you know, the, the easiest is, is to use a, a nutrition example. I mean, we all know when, we're, when we put something in our body that's not healthy. I mean, like it's, it, you don't have to be a rocket scientist or a nutritionist to to, to walk in the grocery store and realize, you know, what's, what's actually healthy in there and what's not. I mean, yeah. <clears throat> excuse me. We, we have access to a lot of information now, but you know, we often choose convenience over, over health and then wonder why we're sick, you know? Yeah. So it's just, you know, I'm not saying, I'm not saying that, you know, it's always, everyone has different levels obviously, but just be conscious of this. Right. I mean, how many times you, you're, if whether it's goals each year and you're, you've got the same goal, right? It's like it's almost like what lesson am I tired of relearning every single year? Yeah, you know, right. we can we can make the change if we do a nice audit and and then put in the systems on a daily basis that will help us do that. You know yeah. that are that are small enough that are not too intimidating to to actually get there. And then to your point, I mean, I'm in a men's group as well. And it's, I mean, it was instrumental throughout those years of, 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 uh, shutting the app and the business down. I, I can't imagine going through that process without them. And, you know, so it's, it's helpful to have, uh, another, uh, another group of individuals where you feel safe enough and you feel like you're not being judged. I think that's yeah. key. Yeah. Right. Because then it's even with your 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 wife, your husband, your partner. I mean, I mean, I'm pretty close with 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 my wife, but there's just natural. I, I you know, there's probably natural judgment there, right? Sure. Because I don't, I don't, I don't have that with my men's group. I know it's just it's it's they're there, they're there to hold space, they're there to listen. And if I am if I'm requesting feedback or advice, I know I'm going to get you know kind of a, a straight answer. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Oh. So you launch this, this, this app, you reach 86 million people, you decide, Hey, we just gotta, we gotta tear it down. We gotta pull it off. It's over. What was that question that pulled you back from that depression? Yeah. Well, first, I mean, just to give some of the listeners some context there. I mean, I, I left basically about, I think it was about an eight or nine year corporate career in, in brand management and strategy and sales to begin begin with but I always had this journaling practice throughout those years um, and I was doing it digitally and just grew really frustrated with the digital options that were available so basically had the idea to start Keel, which was if you think of a meditation app like a Headspace or Calm where they're guiding you into a, a meditation there was nothing like that that existed with prompts to help people start a journaling practice. So that was the app. We reached a ton of people with it. Clearly people were, were interested um, in the in the app and the product and the content and whatnot. And we had all these brand collaborations, you know, Lego and LinkedIn and VaynerMedia. I mean, there was just all this content that we were we were collaborating on to, to reach people with and, and reach people where they were at in their lives. But it didn't mean that we had a solid 
business sorted out. You know, mm-hmm. people were coming in and leaving as as fast as they were coming in type thing because we needed more time and more money and more resources to build out, you know, sustainable flows. I, I'm not an app developer and neither was my co-founder and we had a small team of five. So, you know, there there was a lot that still needed to be done to create that that app into a sustainable business. And we got to the point where we were mentally tasked. We were financially really deep at that point. And I mean, at that time, my son was two years old. My co-founder had a couple kids under five as well. And it just, you know, it's just a different, that's a different ball game when you're, you know, kind of a young, small family. You can, That weighs on you, obviously. I, I, I know for me personally, I, I was often wondering, <sighs> Can, can he feel the stress that like we're, we're going through as much as we're doing everything possible as parents to shield him from that? Mm. Uh, I mean, as you know, they, they pick up everything, right? Yeah. So, you know, that started some reflection around how far, like how long can we continue to go in this venture? And I used a question by actually Scott Belsky, who had founded Behance and, and that was acquired by Adobe and he's he's working over there as we speak as a VP of product and it was a question around the idea of you know do you have as much conviction as you have or, or as you had when you first had the idea that you do right now for example mm. because like that's you need as much if not more to continue to, to kind of go through the messy middle as he describes in his work because there's the start starting point where everyone's excited. Oh, I have this awesome idea. Yeah, yeah, you should do it. It's great. Everyone's excited. You start reaching all these people. Excitement, excitement. And then usually you don't hear from those people on the team for five years unless <laughs> it shuts down or there's an exit or a big round of funding or like some sort of big thing that happens, right? But there's this whole period, this whole messy middle period where all the ups and downs are happening where you either survive or you don't essentially. Right. Mm -hmm. And I mean, we made the decision that it wasn't worth pursuing that. And for me personally, it was, I know I'm going to stay in this space and I'm grateful that this app brought me into this world because now I really know this is the right work around mental fitness, but this vehicle for us in this point of time, uh, is, is not right. You know, and it happened to transition to, I mean, the podcast came out of that and the book has come out of that. And it's the only reason we're speaking, frankly. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, I'm super grateful for that, but it doesn't mean that when I hit delete, you know, it, it, that didn't feel terrible yeah. because, you know, I was deleting three years of my identity essentially in, in, in one click of the mouse, uh, or touchpad on my laptop and just feeling just broken and just ripped apart. Like now what, you know, what am I going to do now? I mean, how am I going to afford rent? And, uh, I have no plan forward. Like I just deleted essentially the, 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 the business that was keeping me in this space. Um, so it was, it was challenging. And the question though, that eventually through tapping into gratitude practices and just being as present as possible in the moment, small things like, the, the laptop I deleted this app on, most people in the world don't have. I mean, that's something to celebrate. Hmm. Yeah. You know, like things like that, just to, just to pause the narrative of fear and doubt and anxiety long enough to sit down and have a question like for me, which, which is to answer yours, which is what do I want for my life? What do that, I want for my life? That paused me long enough to then, okay, well, if that's what I want for my life, what does an ideal day look like? Who do I need to speak to? What's one step today? Like what's one brick I can lay to that foundation to get started? And slowly it started to bring back the hope Mm. and the excitement that there was, oh, there's a plan here. Like I have, I have a direction. I have my mountain. I mean, I can see it. It looks pretty huge. Um, And it seemed like I climbed this, this massive one and then just basically skydived off the peak, (laughs) you know? (laughs) Um, but I'm in the right, I'm in the right mountain range and that, and that felt confident, you know, or, or comforting, I should say. And, and, th- and that's when the realization, Sean, was made that we're all one question away from a completely mm. different life or outcome. And I mean, that's a big kind of statement, but we're also one question away from a completely different mood at any moment in the day. Yeah. Right. Any type of gratitude question. 
anyone listening right now, if you just pause, take a look at your phone, open up your text messages, scroll all the way to the bottom, pick one or two people there and send them a message. Hey, I was just thinking about you. Hope you're having a great day. I mean, it doesn't matter if you're upset, pissed off or not feeling great. I mean, you just made their day. They're probably going to shoot you a message back and it's going to put a smile on your face. Immediately you cut that anxiety or that fear or that self-doubt, whatever was happening before. And that's just, you know, one question, like, who can I celebrate today? Hmm. Oh, I love that. I love that. Give us, give us more of those. Uh, give us, give us some more practical, actionable tips that people can do either while they're listening or right, right afterward. Well, I think the biggest one that's been the most uh, significant for me in my life has just been doing a 15 minute weekly review, three questions, 15 minutes. And I think honestly probably saves years of emotional turmoil or years of seeking clarity and all of this. And, uh, for me, it's a weekly practice on a Friday mid afternoon. Uh, and it's just three prompts. It's just, uh, taking a look at your calendar or your notebook, wherever you've got, you know, information for the week, let's just say that you can take a, a quick review. And first question is always, um, what did I learn this week? Cause we just motor through the week. We do a lot of awesome stuff. We learn a lot of things, even in the way we handle a conversation or make a decision, but we just plow through into the next week. And if we can pause and, and bring those moments up usually then we can think oh well yeah i did that and probably can apply that thinking to this for example now all of a sudden your little fridays become like a phd friday and you're learning a ton Mm -hmm. about you know your your work and your life so what can i you know what did i learn this week um what would i have changed this week also equally important would you have handled that conversation a bit differently did you react instead of respond in an email for example so subtle, subtle things. Well, maybe I should have just let that email sit for the afternoon or respond in the next morning. You know, but those are the things that start to surface. Then you don't do them again. And then the most important one is what can I celebrate from the week? You know, that one. And, and again, we talked about this, this transition. Like th- that practice, 15 minute, is a perfect transition into the weekend. Mm. Because now you instead of bringing things into the weekend that you may have been stewing about or thinking about because you haven't thought about them and just let them go um, now you go into the weekend fresh for for you your family your friends and are ready to start you know the next day or the next week with with confidence and excitement and clarity and away you go and it only literally it only takes 15 minutes to do something like this i i love that because that end of the week is so important that distinction between okay my work is done my work is done for the week i can just now be whoever i want to be this weekend whether you have kids or not whether you're yeah whatever your thing is like go be that thing go do that thing you're you're you are not your work <laughs> you yeah. are not your job you have a job maybe you, you have work to do. That's great, but that doesn't define you. So everybody needs help and tools like this to make a clear cutoff and say, okay, it's five o'clock on Friday or six o'clock on Friday. I'm done. I'm done with this. I'm moving into the weekend to go do the things that, that really nourish me. And that, I love that, that 15 minutes. And when you ask those questions, you begin to make new connect, new neural pathways that are, that are reflective of growth. Like, Oh, Oh, and now we can recognize where things went well. So then the following week you can recognize where things went well again and again and again. And then you start making subtle shifts in the moment throughout the week that optimize for that. Right. 100%. And that's, that's the magic with these practices that the more you do them, the more aware you become and you catch that stuff immediately. The next thing you know, I mean, I'm, I've been catching myself. I'll just, I'll just journal for five minutes in the middle of the day if something's come up, and I, because I know that literally five minutes will completely course correct the day or help me be more clear in my thinking and keep me on that on the path that I'm, I'm trying to stay on. For example, right? Another really practical one that, uh, that I often use is just while your coffee or tea, whatever you're doing in the morning. Usually, we all have some sort of you know, consistent routine. 
for me, coffee's brewing. Um, while that's happening, just answering a question, whether that's pen to paper or you're just thinking about it, but how do I want to show up today? One word. Doesn't have mm. to be more complicated. One word. One that, word. That's a Motivated. twist. I like that. Happy, excited. And you're, then, then you, you prime your mind to look for those things to put you in that state for the day. Yeah. Right. And like we're talking, we're not even talking a minute now, but again, you're starting the day on your terms, not on Instagram's terms, not on your emails terms, but your terms. Mm -hmm. Right. And that can just be the small micro win, you know, to get you started or make, make a huge difference in, in your days. I, I absolutely love the one word because I myself, and I think a lot of people kind of get carried away and it can be this elaborate thing. And then like trying to be eloquent or philosophical or, or, or impactful, but it's like, no, thinking of one word, I just love that. And maybe it's because my attention span is so small, (laughs) so short, but that's, that, that really resonates with me. Just, just thinking of that one word that I want to be in the day is it's so fast. And then I can think about, well, how, how might that look? How light, how might focus look for me today? Well, totally. right. Yeah. I love well, that. I, and I think I, I picked this one up. Um, it, it was probably my men's group because often what happens in our group, we'll do, we'll start the group with these check-ins and, you know, each, each guy will have, I don't know, five or six minutes to, to check in. But what often happens, like we spend so much time up in our heads and there's this, all these stories that are, are basically running and we'll be checking in and some will say, okay, but where do you feel all that in your body? You know, just get out of your head. Like you're in your head. What, what, all the stuff you just described, all these examples and narratives, these are all details, <laughs> but how are you actually feeling? <laughs> right? Well, like, what is that? You feel tight in your chest? Is, is that what it is? Like, okay, go there, for example. So for me, I mean, that's obviously the, the flip side of it as well is, is how do I feel right now and how do I want to feel, you know? For the, for the day, for example. Um, but I, t- t- I, I just, I love the simplicity of one word because it's doable, right? We're, you know, simple when it's simple, we do it. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's just so much easier to uh, stay true to practices like that. And whatever that word means to you focused for me means something different from you present for yeah. me is different than you but then you can personalize it you can focus on it you can you can really connect to a, a deeper sense of meaning and personal reflection in a really short period of time what, what what's one example of a shitty question Ooh, that's a, speaking of questions that's a good question <laughs> i mean i think any of the questions that uh, watch what I say because there there is value with why questions. You know, like who is it? Simon Seminek, Simon Sinek, I, I should say. Yeah. Uh, ask yeah, ask why five times, or keep asking why until you get to the core of uh, of a challenge, which is is valuable. But there's it's a risky territory because you can get into like the questions that I was asking, like why did this happen to us? You know. Hmm. How, and then, or the how, right? Like how, how could we have failed? And I, I wasn't asking how to really dissect, but like more so emotionally, how could we have failed at this level? You know, and just like beating myself down, for example, and, and, and putting all the blame on myself and for not just, not just our team, but you know, the hundreds of thousands of users that we had in the app, for example. So I think any question that leads you further down a hole those are the questions that you want to catch yourself. <laughs> you know, is that is is this question serving me and and allowing me to even fall forward, or is it is or is it just holding me back and bringing me backwards? Ooh, that is a great answer. I know that that was a massive curveball because <laughs> you're so focused on asking good questions. So like the the curveball, what's a shitty question? But you answered that really well. So <laughs> oh, thank you, Ed. You you. You challenged my mind on that one, which was good. <laughs> good, good, and I, I I totally agree with that too. If 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 you're asking a question like "Why are you such a dummy?", you know, yeah. just that doesn't help you, you know, fall forward. That doesn't help you grow at all. Yeah. Um, the 
the the book is great and I'm holding it now if you're watching on on YouTube I'm I'm holding it up you know as a podcaster and I'm sure you're the same way you get sent a lot of a lot of books a lot of PDFs a lot of products and and stuff and and we just met recently and so I'm just really just getting to know you now and I was so pleasantly surprised by the format by the questions, by the usability of this, especially as a coach who I pride myself in asking important questions so that people can move forward in their lives. But I'm just going to read a couple of these questions that are asked in the book because I think people need to know them. Um, How do I protect my soul? That was from Marcus Aurelius. Uh, how can I heal myself from John Asaroff? What is within my control? Ryan Holiday. Ryan, people will, will recognize Ryan Holiday um, from his work with Stoicism. Another, an, a few more, just because I think these are so goddamn good. Another one from J.R.R. Tolkien. What world do I want to create? Walk us through the, the process of getting these questions, formatting them from these really important thinkers. How, what was that? What was that like? And I'm just, cause I, cause I, I friggin' love it and I'm going to use it a lot. So how, how, what was that process like? Sure. Well, first of all, Sean, thank you so much. Honestly, it means you, you spend, I mean, I spent a year or a year and a half, I should say, writing and working on this thing. So you, and you never know how people are going to resonate yeah. on the other side. So it, it does, it really energizes me and makes me smile when I hear feedback like uh, what you just shared. Um, to answer your question, I mean, the whole intent, I mean, we've talked a little bit about this, but just going back to the idea that we're all one question away from a completely different life or, you know, to slow down, pause and ask good questions. For me, a good quality question has to land for you at a time in your life that it makes sense. It resonates. So for example, some like you, you, you listed off quite a few questions there that were all fairly different. And that that's the intent. The book is set up to meet people no matter where they're at in their lives. You know, someone might need some stoicism uh, work and, and prompts like from someone like a Ryan Holiday or a Marcus Aurelius, but someone might resonate with Coco Chanel's profile or, or Kobe Bryant or, um, you know, like Picasso or something like that. And, and that's where you get the value because that's where, where you need it. J.R. I had a friend I reached out the other day and he, he just started the book. J.R.R. Tolkien is, I think, one of the one of the last profiles or at least in the back half of the book. And he started there in the book because hmm. that question of, you know, what world do I want to create uh, was the one that really resonated with him, for example. And then when what people notice when they're in the profiles, the idea is some of those prompts were direct prompts from the people, but most of them were inspired by their story and their work. Hmm. Obviously someone like Tolkien, I mean, right. he's, you know, is so so well known for his 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 work and Lord of the Rings and all of that. And I learned a ton just doing the research uh, on his work, and it naturally felt right to go down the path of, well, we can create whatever world we want to create. And there's a whole benefit or whole practice behind unlocking that that creative thinking and that imagination that will then spill over into our our life and our work, right? If we can unlock and just remove the barriers that we put. So like, imagine what that world is. It can be real. It can be, it can be completely far-fetched, but the, the, the key is it gets your mind into the realm of possibility hmm. versus, oh, I can't do that. Or this is limited or so-and-so won't be on, on board. And again, it only takes a few minutes of reflection like that to all of a sudden prime your mind to that whole other world. So the idea, the reason I picked I mean, I'd say about half of the people in there, the people that are, are alive today, I've interviewed all of those those uh, individuals. That was a prerequisite, at least for me. The ones that are no longer here, like the Coco Chanel's and Picasso and Kobe and whatnot, I mean, that was just a, a, a different process of doing the research mm-hmm. and then writing the profile. So they're very different to write. Um, same objective to really, again, either meet people 
where they're at with the prompt, the person, or the story. So the idea is out of all three of those elements, there has to be at least one profile that will help make these practices accessible to the person on the other side. Because once you're accessible and once you experience it, then you'll naturally go to the next prompt and then the next prompt, right? Which is the Socratic method, essentially, and why it's called personal Socrates. So, you know, the idea is just to get help people get started, just like we're trying to help people get started with journaling in the app, right? Hmm. Now yeah. it's, you know, it's, it's book format. So, yeah. Maybe illuminate a little further, you know, as we, as we kind of, we, I love, I don't know if you love this format, but obviously I kind of jump around and dig in and kind of go take the back road to, to that's kind of my, my interview yeah. style. But um, what, what is the Socratic method? What does that process look like? And just so, so people can have a, a greater understanding. Yeah. I mean, it's in its simplest form. Cause I mean, I'm not a philosopher. Um, I didn't study philosophy or anything like that. I actually hated the original title for the book, uh, personal Socrates. It was, it was the publisher that suggested that. And it was only because I was describing basically how I had been studying people and, and, and how my journaling practice looked for the last decade. And then also describing how, what people were leaving on my show behind the human, like all these exceptional thinkers, like how they were using questions and I remember Joey from, from Baron Fig, the publisher, he said, oh, so like just the Socratic method. I said, yeah, I mean, I know of Socrates, like most people, but that's kind of as far as it would go, right? And I'm like, I'll have to look into that and see what the actual method is. And it didn't take long for me to, to obviously spark my own curiosity and also realize like, here's a guy born in 469 B.C., that invented this method, which is essentially asking a big question followed by another question, and then and then questions to just clarify a situation. There's all these different question types that that scholars have identified, like clarifying um, a clarifying question or questions to challenge assumptions or questions of questions. And I remember thinking while I was going through all this research that, well, that's interesting that there's there's essentially six question types, but I don't I can't even I can't even list them out to you Sean they're in the book they're in the <laughs> intro but I'm like that's the problem I mean so there's 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 this method that's been around since the beginning of time that we're we're all kind of using not with intention we're all asking a question and then yeah. more questions and so forth but there's no way we're going to operate in, in, in a way of thinking oh, okay that's a challenging assumptions question or I need to go to clarify like we don't think like that so for me it was how do you modernize the Socratic method so that we're not thinking about it, but we're doing it with more intention. And the idea of the book or the structure of the book is that modern modernization. The first part is all about questions around getting clear. Again, we've talked about that uh, from, from kind of the top of the conversation. That's what I see with all these elite thinkers. They're, they're spending time pausing and getting clear and course correcting to be clear. Because if we're not clear, we're just running around doing things yeah. that don't serve really anything. Um, we're definitely not the person we want to be or the work we want uh, uh, to put out there. And then the second part is all about, are all around questions and profiles to help us act and think with intention. So now that you're clear, it goes back to those James Clear examples. So, all right, I know who I'm striving to become. Well, let's take a look at what am I doing? If, if I'm striving to be my most healthy uh, self, well, what am I eating? How am I exercising? You know, what kind of, uh, you know, longevity hacks do I have going on? Like identifying all of mm -hmm. those things. So you're, you're acting with intention and that's all you have to remember. Cause the third part just happens by default. If you're doing the first two, the third is there's an expansion of possibility and opportunity hmm. because you can see, you can see the path. Or if we follow the health example, if you start doing those things, you're going to feel better and you're going to see the results. That's the, that's the possibility, you know, that's expanded. The opportunity is expanded. So, I mean, for me, it's just, again, there's a method that's been around for thousands of years. It's, it's, it's been tested and, and proven time and time again. It's primarily been used in an academic setting, but here's, here are profiles and different examples of how we can use it across all settings of life. That's yeah. the idea. Yeah. I, I love it. I love the format. Each question is immediately makes you go, 
oh my gosh, well, what does that, yeah, what does that mean? What does that mean for me? You know, the, the, the question that I think I want to provide to listeners who are there right now, you know, if you're listening to this podcast and you, and there's people who, who don't miss a single episode and have been listening for, you know, six years, um, what does optimal performance look like for you? What does that mean for you? Like powerful question. And I'm just going to pause for a second. And, and I, and I, w- and I invite everybody listening right now to really think about that. And we'll just, we'll just be quiet for 10 seconds. What does optimal performance look like for you? can't wait to hear I, I just thinking about all of the different definitions that come in and that, that came in that 10 seconds I, I don't know if you want to share or if you thought about what optimal performance looks like for you but I, I would yeah, be curious I, I, I definitely took the invitation there uh, Sean I mean for me there was three things that that came to mind it was clarity obviously it's a bit I'm a bit of a stickler on that one clarity happiness and presence and if i you know if i had that if i have that formula i know that a i'm clear and i'm I'm, I'm going down the right path and then in that the happiness and presence that's where i'm going to get the most out of out of my own performance and also be able to help people the most right if i'm waking up not feeling happy and feeling like this is the wrong work or not motivated i mean you can only you can only stay down that track for so long, right? Hmm. And I know for me the big one over the last couple of years that I've I've just found so much value in is just really, really, really trying to be present and 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 getting everything out of the fact that like I know when we hang up this call or this interview, like I'm energized. Like I owe you a thanks because I'm gonna continue my day with good energy. Right. That's and that's just being present with you and like really actually connecting versus just q and A. I I mean, it, 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 as you know, you've done enough of these over the years. It could be very different experience. Oh, yeah. Right. And, and we've probably both been on the other side of the mic on, in those situations. So, you know, there's just there's just a realize. And, and, and that's where my morning practices like stoicism. If I bring up Ryan Holiday's book, The Daily Stoic. It's just a, a little micro reminder while the coffee's brewing again, while I set that one word intention to shift perspective. Like, ah, a reminder. Yeah, be present today. Hmm. You know, or Marcus Aurelius was doing it, you know, thousands of years ago and he had a lot of stuff going on in life. Yeah. Right? So it's <laughs> yeah. just their, their perspective shifts. Yeah. Right? And, and put us back on, on that track. Beautiful. Beautiful. Well, where can, where can people find you where would you send them on the internet mark i mean the easiest place just to keep things simple would be behindthehuman.com all the book details are there the podcast is there the social and all that jazz but i mean the book is is available uh online as well as uh some of your indie bookshops or independent shops as well but yeah behindthehuman.com is the easiest place awesome how about social are you, are you active on social media at all yeah, be, so same thing, Behind the Human, and, and that'll lead to per, uh, personal account as well, just M Champagne, but Behind the Human, you'll, you'll find everything there. Cool. So the last question is a fill-in-the-blank question, and Ooh. I'm excited because hopefully this question does catch you off guard. Um, it's designed to do so, and you can <laughs> this can be based on, on anything that you've learned in your life. It doesn't have to be specific to questions. It doesn't have to be specific to... Uh, to anything really in particular, and you can elaborate as much or as little as you wish, but please fill in the blank. Everyone would benefit from knowing. That you should resist falling for your own hype. Hmm. And I say that because that's probably the biggest lesson I learned with the app. You know, it felt really good and there was a lot of acknowledgement or validation to reach that many people and see these these articles written up and these collaborations. And there's a place for that. 
I mean, we're still talking about those numbers. So there's a benefit, there's, there's story there, but that didn't mean that the business was sound. And I think that drove us further and further into the ground financially because it, it felt like there was all this validation. So I'm, I have this in the back of my mind with the book. I mean, the book debuted number two on a couple Amazon bestseller lists in, in organizational be, uh, behavior, which I was like, oh, that's great. That's awesome. There's millions of books out there, but it doesn't really mean anything. What means something is these conversations, you know, and actually being like doing the right work and one mind at a time type thing, you know? So it's just, for me, it's, celebrate those 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 wins celebrate those moments be proud because you worked hard for them but don't fall for the hype i love that that is certainly the first time i've heard that response to that question that's awesome (laughs) well mark this has been such a pleasure i've really enjoyed this conversation it has really made me open up my aperture really think deeply about the work that i do i love the book i think everybody should it's really worth getting. Uh, get the hard copy so that you can write in it, so that you can have it for reference. Uh, Mark Champagne, thank you so much for joining me today on the Optimal Performance Podcast. Thank you. This was a blast.